having that North Star and, and seeking it out, that thing that you love and that you just want to do for the rest of your life, if you don't have that North Star, you're going to lack the radical clarity that it takes to pursue it. And it's the journey and the pursuit of that that leads to the happiness and that leads to the fulfillment. All right, here's a question. You're working hard, but would you like to add something to the bottom line? Of course you would. If you're in practice. I don't care if you own the clinic or you're a clinician. You want to bring more value. What if you're already providing that value and you want to see something on the bottom line that reflects that? Well, that's where remote therapeutic monitoring can come in. But I've heard about this. It sounds complicated. Does that mean I need to do more? What if someone could make it simple to do? Since you're already providing the value, make it simple to see that. Well, that's what Physiotech does. You can add $290 per patient per quarter by adding remote therapeutic monitoring. Figure out how to get started and kickstart RTM at physiotech.ca. That's physiotech.ca. And I was just talking with a friend of mine not long ago who's suffering with an EMR. I had a clinic for a couple of years now. It's like the pebble in your sneaker when you're trying to run that marathon. It's like death by a thousand paper cuts. What if you had a modern all-in-one outpatient PTEMR that, that would revolutionize your practice. It would take the pebble out of your sneaker. That's what MW Therapy does. Integrated patient portals, marketing automations, and billing, all at a great value. Plus, switching over from whatever you're using but not happy with can be easy. Uh, take a test drive now at mwtherapy.com. Today's guest, no stranger to the show. He's been on the program before. Uh, he's got an alter ego called the Professor of Profit. Our guest today is F. Scott Field, uh, a, a, a professor, a clinician, uh, an educator. The episode, the topic today is six things every healthcare provider should know about how they can skyrocket their own career. And this this is a mindset for some people. They've already grasped it, and you've seen them explode their career with it, and they like doing it, and it's not one way. He's going to talk about multiple ways to do this. It's not really a sell. I mean, he does help people do this, but these are the basics. These are the fundamentals. You should know that these things are out there if you're a healthcare provider. So that's what we're digging into today with F. Scott. So without further ado, let's get on with the episode. F. Scott back on the show. F. Scott, how we doing, man? Good. It's been a while, man. A lot of changes since the last time we talked. What's changed? You Well, you got a job, right? You moved. Did you move? Yeah. So, well, what I did was uh, still within the same university, but I got a uh, new promotion to senior learning and development specialist, whatever the heck that means. What does that mean? Senior? Uh, yeah. So, essentially, I help educate the educators. Uh, um, smart move. Yeah, so our, our university has PTs, OTs, speech therapists, NPs, PAs, nursing. We have all the above, right? And my job is to help all of the faculty that teach in those programs be the best version of themselves they can be. Yeah. So learning how to you know implement and teach strategies that are going to help uh, stick, right? Help the information stick with their students. Uh, really try to help elevate them to master communicator type levels, right? Because yeah. uh, we all know that that's probably the best way to teach is to be a good communicator. Right. And then I also help the, the students learn. That's another right. side of it. I really get to use my EDD a lot more with this new position. I'll still be teaching in the DPT program a little bit. Uh, but the uh, majority of it will be helping educators educate and students learn. So I'm excited. I got a buddy who went to school 
for ancient Egypt studies, and he couldn't get a job doing much of that. So now he teaches other students about ancient Egypt, and it's a true pyramid scheme. Uh, uh, anybody? He's here all night, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be here all week. I read that on the internet. There's jokes on there, memes. It's, uh, it's great. You should check it out. Um, so you do something outside of your job, or I should say, I mean, yeah, you do where you do it is outside of your job, but like, I feel like what you do sort of on the side is tell everybody what like your, like your alter ego name is. Yeah. So, you know, this really has been a wild, crazy ride, but it all kind of feeds into itself under that same umbrella, right? I've always been beating the drum of like, Hey, if I'm going to make a big impact in the world of physical therapy, it's probably going to be in the world of helping pay student loan debt off, right? And showing uh, physical therapists all the opportunities that are out there to ourselves to make money utilizing our skill sets, right? Well, luckily now with this new position, I actually get to do that for both professors and for students. I get to do a little research now on business and business acumen and what we're teaching uh, in PT programs. Uh, so that'll be coming down the pipeline soon, which I'm pretty cool with. But yeah, you know, the PT educator stuff has, has kind of gotten this alter ego, the professor of profit that's that literally teaches about. you how to make profit, right? How to make more money doing what you already do and, and essentially what you love. And really, I, I think I found the key to life, you know, which is great. Um, you know, it's happiness. Yeah, no. Uh, well, that's well, that's that. That uh, you're are you, you're familiar with the Ica guy, right? You yeah, must, yeah. We talked yeah. about it a little bit on our last episode. You know, it, it's it's cliche, right? But like, if you're seeking happiness, right? One of the ways that you can do that is by trying to become an expert and authority in whatever it is you love. Yeah, start there. Exactly, and then really, it's a pathway toward mastery. And that pathway and journey is what leads to the fulfillment and happiness. So like joking, all joking aside, I'm the happiest I've ever been because I'm literally doing the things I love over and over and over on bigger and bigger and bigger scales as I do more and more of it. So it just, it's been, you know, sticking on the straight and narrow, sticking on my lane and, you know, helping people, you know, realize how we can make money utilizing our skill sets that we, you know, either learn through PT school or in grad school. And it's not just like, you know, musculoskeletal stuff. It's right. things like, you know, time management and prioritization and, you know, time blocking and networking and, and communication and all these things that you don't really realize you're learning while you're well, learning. Well, a <clears throat> couple things with that. Number one, we, in my opinion, we traditional education, as in you go to second grade, then you go to third grade, then you go to fourth grade, is great. Except when you're done, there's no 23rd grade, right? So this is where I want, this is where it's almost like, like the thinking out of the side of the box, which is like, you can follow a path where you graduate and go work for someone. Now the problem, the limitation, the, the, the strength of that is stability. Like someone else is going to do something and then you're going to be a part of that machine. The downside of that is um, staying in that position will have a limiting range unless you advance. And we can talk about the, the four levels of value, right? If you're a doer, a manager, a, a, a communicator, an ideator, right? So those things are great. I, I, I communicate it this way when I'm talking to PTs, shoulders and hips, both ball and socket joints, but one super stable some motion in the hip. There's motion in the hip, but a lot of stability. That is a deep ball and socket, baby. That is stability. So I'm like, listen, go get a 
hip job. If you're a hip person and you're like, I want to work for someone, I don't want to do this stuff that I hear about people open in their own clinics. I don't need that. That's neither bad nor good. It's just not yours. So that's a hip. The other is a shoulder, also a ball and socket joint, not as deep, right? There's the, <laughs> uh, a lot of issues with it. Ton of mobility though, some stability. And then some people go, I don't know where I am. I'm in the middle. I'm like, then go get a hip job and do a shoulder thing on the side. And neither of those things are wrong if they're right for you. I will say if people haven't heard of Ikigai, it's this Japanese, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm, sp I'm shooting from the hip here. Ikigai is this Japanese idea and it's perfectly illustrated in a Venn diagram, which by the way is my favorite type of diagram. Four circles right? Perfectly north, south, east, and west. And they all cross over in the middle. Looks like a lotus flower, which is very Japanese. And the four circles stand for uh, what you're good at, what you love, what the world needs. And then the fourth one, I think healthcare providers have a problem with what you can get paid for. Exactly. And that's not a bad thing. And then and the idea with Ikigai being like, this is where horseshoes and hand grenades, three out of four is not as great, not as, it's, it's harder to find happiness because if you can't get paid for it, it's a hobby. If you don't like it, it's drudgery, right? If the world doesn't need it, it's going to be real lonely, but hey, do your thing, man. And what's the fourth one? What if the uh, world needs it? Uh, you're good at it. If you're not any good at it, uh, I got news for you. You're not going to be doing it for very long or right. people are going to be beating the path to your door. So finding those four things and <clears throat> you can put a hip and a shoulder job together to find that Ikigai. It doesn't have to be one thing. This is you. This is, oh, oh so Ikigai means reason for being or, 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 or sense of purpose or purpose yeah. for being. That's the idea is where those four things cross in the middle. And they should, because we all have independent, we have unique fingerprints, all those things, it's totally okay if my Ikigai looks nothing like yours or if it looks exactly or similar to yours. None of those things are bad or good. They're just... They just are. Yeah. Well, and so there's a couple things you hit on there, right, that we need to kind of do a deeper dive on, especially since the last time we talked, right? One of them is, like I talked about, having that North Star and, and seeking it out, that thing that you love and that you yes. just want to do for the rest of your oh. life. If you don't have that North Star, you're going to lack the radical clarity that it takes to pursue it. And it's the journey and the pursuit of that that leads to the happiness and that leads to the fulfillment. Yes. So you've got to figure that out first, right? That that has to be, and it could be physical therapy. It could be, and like you said, you don't have to start your own business. That's not the thing. However, one of the things that we're we're starting to look at now and that we're talking about, uh, on, especially on Twitter recently, was, well, should business be taught in PT school? Well, right. yeah, right? And I teach that course, right? So it's near and dear to my heart. However, the thing that I do is I say, look, you don't have to start your own business, but at the very least, you have to know how business operates in the healthcare field yeah. so that you know how you can get paid or reimbursed. You know how to navigate and, and really be able to negotiate a contract. You need to know what red flags to run away from. You need to know how you can bring value to these clinics or these hospital systems or wherever you're working, right? And, and from there, it becomes a matter of like at least – if I show you all the opportunities that are out there, Decide. you now have the tools to, to pick and choose what you think is right for you and, and your, your ikigai or your path, right? I wrote two so words, think, navigate and negotiate. Exactly. If you don't understand the – because you're, talk, you're, you're talking about business and healthcare is a business. 
I'm, I'm very sorry that you went into healthcare and you're like, I don't, I didn't go into business, but where people, where commerce happens is a business. And again, the, the, the range or the spectrum of where involved that you want to be. I want, let's say someone wants to be on the bottom of that spectrum. I want to just be a clinician. Nothing wrong with that. I want nothing to do with the business. I don't want to figure out how to communicate to get more patients. I don't want to nothing Un, still understanding how it works, like which way gravity pulls, which way the wind is blowing, not, Burying your head in the sand to me is a giant mistake. Oh yeah, you're not understanding that. You know the basic grasp of it. Yeah, I mean, if you just want to be that clock in, clock out, nine to five physical therapist, that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. However, you still need to know how you're going to get paid, right? And and if what you're getting paid is going to be enough to cover your overhead and and your your basic needs and your loans and all the things. Yes. Because you could love a job and say, yeah, I clock in and clock out nine to five. I work with kids and I make 55000 a year. Right. Great. Are you happy? Are you able to sustain a roof over your head and your car and your bills? And if so, great. Keep doing it. This is you know? where your ACA guy comes in, right? Because if you right. aren't, if you can't get paid for the thing, then you're going to have to go do something else. And now you're dividing your time. There's not enough time. Why aren't you doing the thing that gets you out of bed in the morning? Um, so, uh, well, so let's talk about that for a minute, right? When it comes to getting out of bed in the morning, the thing that pumps you up and that, that really, you know, energizes you. And, and you, as soon as your feet hit the ground, you're ready to go because you love it. A lot of that falls under lifelong learning, but lifelong learning properly. We all claim that, oh, we're lifelong learners. Oh, we love right, to right, lifelong right. learn. We're going to, but okay. You could be a lifelong learner and continue to learn, you know, underwater basket weaving, and then the next weekend, you know, Teletubbies, and then the next weekend, Voltron, and then the next weekend, you know, marathon running. And and you're learning about all these things, and you're learning for the rest of your life because you're curious and you love to learn. But is it driving toward that North Star that gets you out of bed in the morning? If it's not, now we're discombobulated and disjointed, and all that lifelong learning isn't really helping you learn or progress. Yeah. Uh, first round brought to you by Owens Recovery Science, a single source for PTs looking for certification and personalized blood flow restriction rehabilitation training, BFR, as the cool kids are saying. Uh, find them online at owensrecoveryscience.com or their own podcast, the Owens Recovery Science Podcast. I do that without notes, F. Scott. I've been, they've been a sponsor of the show for years. I, I do it say, I notes. remember uh, when I first started listening, they're still there. Yeah, they're still there. I guess they get good results. They get good results. People listen to us, and then they're like, hey, I want to do BFR. How do I do that again? Well, if you want the guy that teaches the NFL, the NHL, the MLB, the NCAA, all the letters, that's Johnny. Um, <clears throat> that's a good radio segue into my Ica guy. So I, I love talking to people. Love it. Did it as a career before this as a radio broadcaster. Then came to physical therapy. Thought I would be talking to people in a clinical setting. Realized there were so many conversations that either were going on or weren't going on that should be going on. And I think some time and place I lucked out. This I was in PT school in 2013, 2014, and I launched a podcast in 2015. Had no idea what the hell a podcast was. Barely it knew. But I knew that I wanted to have fun, learn stuff. That was my North Star. She's so about the North Star of this podcast. Have fun, learn stuff. So that's why it feels like a radio show. Love the PT Pinecast. There we go. Yes, uh-huh. yes. Support uh-huh. the show uh-huh. by telling a friend uh-huh. or by leaving a review on iTunes or Google Play. Don't forget to leave the uh, review on iTunes or Google Play or subscribe. But it's like, like a funny example of I wanted it to feel like this thing. So I brought 
I brought a lot of myself and what I liked into it. I did not want it to be a lecture. I can't, I mean, there's a time and place, but I can't do those. I want it to be conversation, not presentation. I wanted to be about PT because I just came to this profession and I was like, this is cool. I don't know everything. Let's learn some stuff and let's make it fun. And every once in a while, we'll drink beers and whatever. And that's a little shtick, but it's also like, that's sort of who, if you meet me, this isn't much of a stretch. You know what I mean? It's, it's just, it's formatted differently. Um, are you seeing now more than, uh, we'll, we'll get to like s six points because I want to dive in. So the, the focus of the episode today is going to be six things or spots we'll dive deeper into that, that healthcare providers should know about skyrocketing their career. Whatever your career is, these things will apply. All right. Are you, but before we start, I want, are you seeing students more open to this, seeking these types of things out, entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship, building ships, rocket ships? I don't know. What Are you seeing more, less, the same? What do you think? Well, I think it's a much more well-educated group of students coming up through the ranks right now. So I think they are aware that the debt-to-income ratio is an issue, and so they're addressing it more by being curious and by seeking out all of the options and doing the research, you know, beforehand. And, and that's good. You, you should do that. Um, so I think, you know, just being more well-educated is helping people, uh, you know, especially DPT students realize that there's a lot of ways to skin a cat. I just got to figure out how to do that and who to talk to in order to figure that pathway out. And, you know, there's somebody out there probably doing it. And if there isn't, right. you're creative, but that's a whole nother we live story. In a, so we live in a wild time where like yeah. access to information and access to people is, I mean, has it ever been smaller? And I'm saying the, the space between where you are physically in time and space and then where you could, I mean, you could tweet at Mark Cuban and if you catch him at the right moment, he might you know, fund your next company. And that's a tweet from the, you know, from the John. Um, and then access to information, I don't even think. And now you go into what has dropped in our lap six to eight, 12 months ago with artificial intelligence is it's not just access to information. It's, it's, it's context and application. I mean, you know, Skynet is sort of here. Yeah, I've seen that uh, movie. I know how it ends. Yeah, I know. I'm a little nervous about that. All right, so, so we're going to do this a lot like batting practice. I know you're a lifelong Mets fan. We're going to do like batting practice where I'm going to set it up and these are six things every healthcare provider should know about skyrocketing their career. Number one, you're saying, and you sort of alluded to it a second ago, establishing expertise. Help share your strategies or where do you figure out where that North Star is or how do you figure, help people figure out what that North Star is? We'll stay specifically for healthcare professionals who want to establish themselves as experts in authority in a particular field or niche, no matter how wide or, or narrow. Yeah. So establishing expertise and authority, like I said, is the key to the journey toward your pathway toward mastery, right? That should be your goal. Whatever it is, whatever you love, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to be really good at, you want to master that, right? You don't necessarily need to be the Michael Jordan of it, but you want to get as good as you can at it, right? right. So expertise and authority isn't always letters after your name. It's not certifications. It's not CEU courses and, and you know, conferences and all that. It can be. Sometimes it's a necessary evil for sure, but it's, it's, it's getting under the bar and doing the repetitions, yeah. right? So get really good at the basics and the fundamentals and understand that first, whatever it may be. Let's just say 
I don't know here. The, I, I use this example a lot lately because I've, I've worked with somebody and this was their path. Let's just say they want to be a cheerleading physical therapist, right? Only want to treat cheerleaders. That's their love, their passion. They've done it since birth, you know, and they just want to continue to live in that world. Great. Get really good at the basics and the fundamentals of treating orthopedic injuries, right? That's a good starting point. If you're good at the fundamentals, you're going to get results, right? Then we can start niching down a little bit and really looking at the top five or 10 injuries that you're going to see within cheerleading. Now we can start layering in the levels of expertise and mastery where we, we really focus on those injuries and get really good at those. So you've got the basics and the fundamentals down. You've got some reps underneath you, and now you're elevating to the next level, and you're getting reps doing those five or ten that we're going to see specific to cheerleading. Yeah, get right? good so at just, the basics. Yeah, get good at the fundamentals first, whatever the thing is. If you want to speak on stages, get really good at speaking and public speaking. If you want to get good at writing books and releasing books, reps, write, 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 write. You know? Yeah. Whatever it is, get good at the fundamentals first. That's the starting point. That's the yeah. launch point. I shared a message not long ago. It's like if uh, if you want to be a better podcaster, you actually don't need more listeners. You need to podcast more. Yeah. You don't want to want to be a better writer. You don't need more readers. You need to write more. So focus more on the thing you can control. Listen, you you could you could start podcasting and get zero downloads for a while, and you can't control that download thing. Nope. You sure can. The, the 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 objective measure you can control is how many things are you putting out. Yeah. And the cool thing about writing podcasting getting good at fundamentals is uh, they work long term. When you learn that thing or you put those reps in, you take that with you. The thing you spent six hours learning six years ago, you've still got it now. So yep. number one is establishing expertise. This is identifying maybe part of your Ica guy is, is the first thing of where those four things cross. Number two, you say, and you touched on it a little bit there, it's the, what, it's the importance of expertise. Why do you think that aiming at and getting an becoming an expert in authority is critical for professionals in today's health uh, healthcare landscape, or I would just say the world landscape, yeah. you've identified it, but why do you now need to be an expert in it? Let's stay with the cheerleading example. Yeah. So, okay. Let's just say uh, you are a college level cheerleader and you've got a scholarship and you have an injury. Do you want to go to like new grad Bob who just started treating patients in an outpatient clinic? Or do you want to go to somebody who's an expert in yeah. cheerleaders, only treats cheerleaders, and may even charge a premium and a high dollar, but that's the one, right? It's like the cardiac surgeon. Do you want the guy doing his first surgery for a thousand bucks, or do you want the guy that's done it a hundred million times and charges five thousand, right? right? Cardiac surgery is a big deal. I'm going to the the head honcho there, right? The expert. So leveraging expertise and authority out in the real world, right, for general public, it just looks good. If you're good yeah. at what you do and you're considered an expert or authority. It looks good and people will come to you. you know? well, I think I think I think people can sort of smell it, right? Like yeah. if you sit down, I mean, I, I have people pitch me podcasts or social media services all the time, right? Because there there's a process called scraping. You somehow go into someone's podcast feed and you can figure out your email address. And then you get on a list and people pitch things to you. I'm sure you've gotten it. Yep. And the funny thing is I can tell when someone in an email or in a video or on a website landing page, if you know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah. So I like I have a little fun sometimes. I had a 15, 17 year career in broadcasting. I've been podcasting for eight years. And when someone's like, hey, you need to be doing this. I'm like, you have no idea how you're saying it, what you're saying. You have no idea what you're actually talking about. Real sorry, but you don't. And I can smell it from a mile away. 
And so this is why an expert, if someone came to me and I could smell and feel and taste, yeah, I sort of, yeah, you know what, you know what you're talking about. Maybe we're going to work together. Walk the walk, talk the talk. I want someone, if I'm a, if I'm a cheerleading as a, a division one athlete, want someone who understands. I don't want to be explaining cheerleading to you. You need to already know that because I want, I want an expert treating me. Yep. All right. Number three, now that we understand, we've established our expertise, we've done the reps. We understand why being an expert in something is really important. Now we got to leverage that thing. We got to use physics and use a lever. Uh, how can healthcare professionals, how do you educate people on how to leverage this thing? We're already sorted. You can already see where this conversation is going. How do they leverage this expertise to make sure that they're being compensated at a, at an, at a, at a, at a good value, right? This, this means that you're providing something of value and you are receiving that value. Yeah, so let's continue with our, our cheerleader expert, right? She's done the reps. She's seen all the patients, fixed all the injuries, right? And is just really good at it, right? Well, now she has the time, effort, and energy she's put into it for many years, established her expertise and authority, and can now use it in other avenues and other methods than just treating patients, right? She may be so good at treating, you know, uh, cheerleading patients that she can teach other new yeah. grads and people yeah. that are wanting to do that and follow in her footsteps and charge way more for that. So let's say that you're, you know, teaching a CEU type course now to, to new grads and to people that are looking to get into cheerleading physical therapy. Well, now you can charge a thousand dollars per head to teach, you know, a, a two day course on the weekend. And you're, you know, if you're educating 10 people, let's just say, right, that's, that's 10 grand for the weekend. Yeah. It's not too bad for 16 hours worth of work. I mean, good luck getting that in any clinic, right? You're not going to get paid 15, 1600 bucks an hour. To and, you like, and you like it. Hopefully it. you're good at it. The world needs it, right? I mean, right. And so now it's, it's getting away from that one-to-one -one treating a patient to like now one-to-many. We're educating many. We're having bigger impact. And that's really where the mastery goes, right? If you keep following that path toward mastery, you're going to have a bigger impact. You're going to be able to educate more and more people and then charge more for it because your, your knowledge and your time and your skills is worth that, right? You're condensing their timeline. You're speeding up their knowledge and their ability to do the thing you do because you're sharing that knowledge. So you go out, yeah. you learn all the things, then you teach it to the next generation. And again, you can charge a ton more for it because you've already made the mistakes. You've had the bumps and bruises. You know what works and what doesn't. And you're, you you're the, saving them a ton of time, effort, and energy. You did the reps. Yep. And now someone recognizes that. They can smell it. Yeah, this person knows what they're doing. And me spending X number of dollars, X month number of hours with this person will help me go and be able to do that thing. Now, we did mention something too, or you touched on at the beginning, which is, Make sure you know how to communicate that. While I think that business is vital, because even if you're not going to own your own clinic or run your own business, you're likely going to be a part of one and being able to communicate that. But now you start to see like PT is a degree, business is a degree, communications is a degree. Do you need to be the Michael Jordan of copywriting? No. Could you hire someone to do it? Yeah. Could you read a book or learn from someone how to do it yourself? Yes. But there is a time investment because you can see the ROI on well, if I don't, if I'm, if I'm this world expert cheerleading clinician, but I don't know how to tell people about that. Cool story, bro. Uh, no one's going to hear it. Yeah. If you're the best physical therapist in the world, but nobody knows where you are or, or how, you know, where you operate or what you do, they're not coming to see you because they don't know anything about you. You haven't communicated where you are, what value you bring and what problems you solve. 
That's correct. All right. We are going to do a, a crazy segment called 60 Second PT. Are you ready to do 60 Second PT? Let's do it. All right. It's brought to you by ATI, leading the charge in PT clinical research with more than 900 clinics achieving top marks in CMS's merit-based incentive program. They're, at the, they're the team to join for career growth. Explore opportunities at ATIPT.com. So we're going to do 60 Second PT and three, two, I got to get the, the good music. There we go. Now we got the intense music. All right, 60 seconds on the clock, and your 60-second PT starts right now. F. Scott, define physical therapy in just three words. I like body, mind, and soul. Done. You're on the clock. The faster you answer, the more you get. What's your favorite part of being a physical therapist? I sleep well at night. I sleep real well. What's the most challenging part of being a PT? The hard conversations when uh, reality sets in and things aren't going to go the way the patient expects. What's the most rewarding part of being PT? I think the tears of joy, the the smiles when when they reach that impossible goal that was there and, and they break through and, and actually you know hit it. Yeah. What's a common mistake that new PTs make? <laughs> Trying to use big words to educate uh, their patients and and use that new degree they just got to show how smart they are. Yeah. What's one trend in physical therapy that excites you the most? Uh, I like uh, micro niches. I like uh, people getting reeled down into the weeds of things. Yeah. What is one book every physical therapist should read? Mm. Uh, gosh, what is the uh, To Sell as Human by Daniel Pink? Yeah, that's a good one. Final last question. What's the most underrated skill in physical therapy? Oh, it's communication, hands down. All day, every day. All right, F. Scott, your 60-second PT is done. You're off the hot seat. Again, brought to you by ATI Physical Therapy. Back to the six-pack. So, so far, we've established expertise, understood the importance of expertise, and then figured out how to leverage it. Now there is this term that I'm I'm not sure I understand or grasp completely. It's called stacking skills. Talk to me about the idea of skill stacking and how it's how it's used, how does it help people, what is it, how does it work? Yeah, it's pretty awesome, man. And and we've talked about it a little bit here, but like you said, remember if you learn a thing, you carry it with you for yeah. those next six years, right? Like Beautiful. if you learned something six years ago, it's still with you now, right? And that's kind of the idea behind skill stacking. So when I first started my first business, it was a mobile physical therapy practice, 100% out of network, 100% cash pay. And, you know, it was doing fair. It was a side business and I saw some patients. But as I started to kind of plateau, I realized I'm going to need to run some Facebook ads or do some marketing to get some more patients. Right. Word of mouth is only going to get me so far. It's great. It was working, but I needed other you know, ways to get new leads and new patients in. So I said, all right, well, let's try Facebook ads. And I failed at it miserably. Um, and I knew it wasn't Facebook ads. It was me, right? Because I, I, Facebook ads work. People are using them. They work. It's gotta be me. Right. So I took a course and, uh, it was a pretty big investment at the time for me. It was about five grand, but, wow. uh, within the first week of using the new Facebook ads, I ended up getting three patients, which at an $1,800 plan of care, you know, that more than paid for the course. And then every patient I got from there on was profit, Right. 
and now I know how to do Facebook ads. Can't unlearn that. I, I don't, but I outsource that stuff now because I don't want to do that. I don't find mm-hmm. joy in that, but I know enough to know who to hire and what to hire them right. for and how to make it work. Yeah, you talked right? you talked earlier about like bouncing around and one day you're talking about Teletubbies and the marathon running. So that isn't necessarily a bad thing to do, but can you take no. some of those elements and apply them to your North Star exactly. is the... I feel like this is not a this is not an addition. This is a multiplier or an exponent to things. Exactly. So let's go back to the cheerleader again, right? They were a cheerleader, so they know how cheerleading works. They open a PT slash cheerleading gym, right? They had to l- kind of learn how to run that. Sure. They wrote a book, right? On here's the top five most you know common injuries. Eh, you know, you had to learn how to write a book, how to self-publish sure. on Amazon, et cetera. But they now know how to do that. So when they write their next book, they know how to do that. They actually had to learn how to do some Facebook ads so they could outsource that if they wanted to. Again, all these things, it's like, yeah, they're weird and they're different. Maybe they're not PT related. They're not taught in PT school. But they're skills that you can stack and learn to, like you said, multiply instead of just, you know. Um, adding new things, I'm learning new things, you know, and they're still related to the business and Correct. to the direction they're heading. Yeah, they're adjacent, and here's why: because uh, in healthcare, we uh, we begin and end with people. So yeah. the communication, the business, the content creation, these things are not PT, but they're PT adjacent. And you have a decision: do you want to spend time, effort, and or money to learn how to do this? I tell this all the time: if if you have a clogged toilet in your clinic. You can unclog it yourself. You have to do the work, which means you have to know what you're doing, have the tool on hand, have the skill, and you got to want to get your hands dirty. Or you can, you can hire someone, and that is a decision. I think the real skill is knowing, you knowing yourself. We covered that in the first couple of ideas. Knowing what you want to invest your time, effort, and energy in doing, and and understanding where the return on investment needs to be. Five thousand dollars for a Facebook ad course—that's ridiculous, unless it brings you three times eighteen hundred. Then it's, exactly. not so, then it's not so crazy anymore. Right. All right. So in, we go from skill, uh, stacking skills to skill sets versus theories. Why do you emphasize learning towards a specific skill set rather than just theoretical knowledge? Walk me through this. Yeah. So uh, this kind of struck me with my EDD, right? I didn't know how to learn. I was a rote memorizer all throughout my life. I just would read and read and highlight and highlight and take the same notes and, and I would re- try to memorize it. Yep. And that's not learning at all, right? That's literally just rote memorization. And we know now that that is not learning. So when I got into the EDD, I said, okay, you know, this, this is, I got to look at this differently because what I'm doing isn't working. So how can I learn better? You know, and, and when I started to get to learn the theories of learning, it was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. That's interesting. But those are still just kind of theories, right? Unless we can take it to the next level and implement and put action behind it and test our theories and see if they're working. It's like an AB split test. If we go back to the Facebook stuff, right? Like, if I run two ads, one of them is going to outperform, then I should shut the other one down that's not and put all the money toward the one that is working, right? right? The better of the two. Well, we wouldn't know that unless we test the theory, if we implemented, took action, and, and tested the theory. So I can teach you all the theories in the world on how to do this stuff and how to write a book and this would be nice and make a course and you know take a speaking gig and get paid for that. I could teach you 
everything in the world on theory. But if you're not going to take it to the next step and implement it, it's useless, you know? And so for me, the whole skill set thing is like, I, I aim to teach you actionable skill sets and then back it up with basically just the ability to keep a, keep a close eye on you and make sure that, you know, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and that you're taking the action so that the accountability side of things is there. Yeah. Yeah. Not just- that's where, that's where we, we fall flat a lot of times it's implementation and taking the action and then having somebody that's accountable that will kind of keep us on track and make sure we're doing the things we're supposed to do. Yeah. Humans. We're just funny yeah. at these things. Yeah. Uh, number six will now bring several things and several of these ideas and concepts together. And that's layering revenue streams. What advice do you have for professionals looking to layer? Well, first, what is it? And then what advice do you have for pro- professionals looking to layer revenue streams around this thing we've been talking about, their primary expertise, their North star? Yeah, so this is is really cool the way this all worked out. We talked about multiple revenue streams a little bit on on the last time I was on, right? But now I'm presenting on how to implement multiple revenue streams internally inside a clinic before you buy new clinics at CSM this year with uh, Dr. Josh Funk and Dr. Penny Goldberg. So I'm looking forward to, to presenting there because both of them have done that and layered revenue streams within the clinic and then had other clinics open up from their original one, right? So it'll be a pretty cool, uh, you know, talk up there at CSM, but like, just like the cheerleader, right? It starts with, you know, and and this doesn't have to, we're just using her as the example, but it starts with a physical therapy clinic that also has a, a cheerleading gym around it. Another revenue stream could be courses, right? And camps for, for injury prevention or mitigation. Then another revenue stream on top of that could be the book that we talked about. That's like, Hey, here's the top five injuries and how I treat them. Uh, then the next one could be, you know, consulting and telehealth or, you know, bringing her in to consult with different D1 schools on how to prevent injuries and, and workout programs they should be doing with their strength and conditioning coaches, right? Then the next thing, we can really start looking at how to take those revenue streams that we've started building and make them bigger and bigger and scale more, right? So the book on how to treat those five injuries that's great. That's going to help people in the cheerleading world. Sure. But what if she can take all her knowledge and everything that she's learned and maybe help prevent bullying within the cheerleading world, right? Like, hey, there's a lot of bullying that goes on and I don't like it. And here's what I've seen. And here's how I think as a leader, I should act and step up to combat those things, right? So now she has a bigger, broader message on just like how to combat bullying in the real world. Not Here's how I've seen it in cheerleading and in the physical therapy world that I've seen, but I'm expanding it out to just in general, life in general. If you see bullying, here's what it looks like. Here's how to combat it. Yeah. Now her audience has grown to way beyond just people getting injured right. in cheerleading. She's got a message that she can expand because she's st- – and now she's got a book about it too that's bigger than just the five injuries. Yeah. It's literally, you know, hey, here's how to, you know, create a movement and really start to have an impact on little, you know – girls and boys across the world that are getting bullied, right? It's not just like in her little cheerleading bubble and it's definitely not within her PT bubble. You know, this, uh, this in, in communications or media or journalism, we would call this public relations. And this would, this would be, ha- this would be participating in public relations or doing public relations with multiple audiences in which your expertise can help them learn and grow period hard stop. And and I use the Play-Doh Fun Factory example. Remember Play-Doh Fun Factory? You put yeah. the Play-Doh in, you push down a lever, you can put like a star pattern, you can have it come out in different shapes. 
That's that what media. That's what media is. You yeah. put your expertise in. You press down, and it could be a book, a podcast, a webinar, in person, one on one, one to many. The only limiting factor is your ICA guy. If you don't like writing, maybe hiring a writer to work with you is it, or maybe a book isn't it. Yeah. If you don't like talking to people, maybe public speaking isn't it, or learn how to. Or maybe get over, maybe learn how to get over that if you do yeah. want to do it, but you don't think you do it well. Yep. So these are these are principles, and I like how we sort of started, began, and ended, which is it's full circle. But the, the it it should be something you like, something you're good at, something the world needs, and something you can get paid for. Yeah. And if it is those things, truly those things, and if it's your IK guy, there are ways to build this. People are doing it. This yeah. is not theor This is not theoretical. Look at people who are doing it. They're doing it. Right. That's that's a huge takeaway there, right? First off, Socrates, right? Know thyself. You got to know what you're good at, what you're not, what you want to do, what you don't. And then once you find it, find the people that are already doing it and then ask them. Just yeah. go. You know? my, my batting average for asking people about things that they're knowledgeable and passionate about is pretty high. And it's yeah. not because it's me. It's because right. you ask. Yeah. I'm not saying there's a, a bad way to ask and good way to ask. There are. Yeah. But if you have a good ask and the most of the time, I will say 51% or greater, most of the time, that person will be apt to at least engage with you a little bit. Yep. Uh, F. Scott, we're going to play something called Three Questions. You ready for three questions? Yeah, man. Bring it on. On the hot seat with three questions on the PT Pinecast. All right. Three questions is brought to you by our friends from Jackson Therapy Partners. Look at that. You get the, you get the sponsor read right into the show. and It's embedded content. That's how you do it. Uh, embark on extraordinary patient care adventures with Jackson Therapy Partners at jacksontherapy.com. Perfect for PTs who maybe want to travel about the country. You have a license. Let it take you where you want to go uh, and do the thing you want to do and get paid for it. Look at that. Uh, discover where your skills can take you at jacksontherapy.com. Three questions. Your first question is a fun fact. If you could switch lives with any historical figure for one day, who is it, F. Scott? You're switching lives with a historical figure. Ooh, um, you know, I, I gotta say, it's it's probably somebody like Ben Franklin. I was thinking Franklin or Tesla or somebody who invented yeah, stuff. Just, just the the thought process and the mind. I love the way people think, and when they think differently and they think outside the box, that that mindset, that thought pattern, that thinking, that that just you know. I, I love to see that process. Yeah. Uh, second question. What was the moment? Can you recall the moment that made you realize about you that you were destined for a career in healthcare? Was there a moment? Was there a, a, a tipping point? Oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, again, for me, it was a weird journey, right? Because I was an English major. Yeah. And uh, senior year, I knew I didn't want to do anything with uh -huh. English. I, I, I had... Um, golf, bowling, and intro to Japan left to graduate. <laughs> and uh, I didn't want to read. I didn't want to write. I didn't want to edit. So what the hell am I going to do the with my life? Do. I don't want to teach, right? So English isn't helping the bigger picture here. So I did volunteer with all my free time at the hospital, and they put me in the PT department. And uh, they were batting around balloons with patients and rolling around on the mats. And, like, it looked fun. It looked like I could – I was like, I could do that. And then I looked at the prereqs, and I was like, no, nah, I don't have any of those. Um, but you know, I took all the prereqs cause it meant a lot to me. And, and, you know, really, like I said, it was having done the English courses much earlier on and finished them so that I had an easy schedule kind of helped me find that volunteering at the hospital was like perfect fit for me. Yeah. And that's, you know, 
that's where I felt I could have the most impact, I think, with my career. That's cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, third question. It, we talked about writing books a couple times. If you were to write a book, but it has to be outside of healthcare completely, what genre would it be? This is to a former English major. Uh, can I use one that I've actually written? Yes. So I just released my first children's book yeah. uh, on fantasy football. It's called The Fantasy Football Story. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. I got three more kids' books lined up. I would you. be a children's book author all day, every day. Dr. Seuss, I love it. T- telling love stories it. to kids at all times. Yeah. All right, that's three questions. You're off the hot seats. Brought to you by, again, our friends at Jackson Therapy Partners. Discover where your skills can take you. Maybe travel therapy is a way to get paid, doing what you love. In cool locations around the U.S., jacksontherapy.com. Last thing we do, F. Scott, on the show is The Parting shot this is the parting shot brought to you by our friends from the academy of orthopedic physical therapy find them online at orthopt.org their profession leading resource is called current concepts of orthopt takes you from where you are and gives you confidence and competence to take that ocs exam uh parting shot what do you want to leave with the audience today scott yeah, I mean, you know, again, as as the professor of profit, right? I've always had the the motto of do more, be more, right? Like yeah. we we can't just, you know, leave physical therapy as our our th- only thing. We have much more to give and offer. I, I guarantee you do. And so for me, the big thing is all right, if if we're gonna go toward that North Star, you've got to establish that because you've got to get the radical clarity that you need in order to figure out your path toward that North Star and then master it, right? So if, if that's the case and this whole thing revolves around just becoming an expert in authority, you're going to have to do more and be more. You know, you, you, you can't be that therapist that practices the exact same way for 20 years and says, oh, I practiced for 20 years. Right. No, you practiced one way 20 times. Right. You didn't grow. You didn't get better. You didn't get bigger and do more, you, right. you know, change. So, you know, if you really want that internal growth, find the North Star and just do not, you know, deviate. Uh, if someone's if someone's going to CSM, when is your presentation? Give them a little give them a little juice preview. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I believe we are Friday morning. Okay. Uh, yeah, Friday maybe the eleven a.m. slot on Friday. All right, looking forward to it. I've had all all three of those uh, presenters in your in your session on the show. Yeah. That's yep. when you know you've been podcasting for a while. When you, yeah. yeah, that entire session, we have had those people yep. on the podcast. Exactly. Uh, Scott, uh, appreciate you giving people insight. I think this is the way for some people to be able to leave their fingerprint on a great profession. It does not have to be go in one way, follow the track, stay in the lane. You can find your own lane. That lane can twist and turn, or you can take, you can find an off ramp and use it. Uh, so appreciate you doing this and doing it at, on a personal and professional level. They say the best conversations happen at happy hour. Thanks for coming to ours.